Hello there, Divya here. In last chapter 32, we knew the story of Lahiri Mahasaya and the blessings of his teachings as Kriya Yoga. Let's see chapter 33, Babaji, Yogi Christ of Modern India. The northern Himalayas, Himalayan crags near Badrinarayana are still blessed by the living presence of Babaji, Guru of Lahiri Mahasaya. The secluded master has retained his physical form for centuries, perhaps for millenniums. The deathless Babaji is an avatara. This Sanskrit word means descent. Descent. Its roots are ava, down, and try to pass. In the Hindu scriptures, avatara signifies the descent of divinity into flesh. Babaji's spiritual state is beyond human comprehension. Sri Yukteswar explained to me, the dwarfed vision of men cannot pierce to, its, to his transcendental star. One attempts in vain even to picture the avatar's attainment. It is inconceivable. The Upanishads have minutely classified every state of spiritual advancement. A Siddha, perfected being, has progressed from the state of Jivan Mukta, freed with while living, to that of a Paramukta, supremely free, full power over death. The latter has completely escaped from the Maik Thraldam and its reincarnational round. The Paramukta, therefore, seldom returns to a physical body. If he does return, he is the Navatar, a divinely appointed medium of supernal blessings on the world. An Avatar is unsubject to the universal economy. His pure body, visible as a light image, is free from any depth to nature. The casual gaze may see nothing extraordinary in an Avatar's form. But on occasion, it casts no shadow nor makes any footprint on the ground. These are outward symbolic proofs of an inward freedom from darkness and material bondage. Such a God-man alone knows the truth behind the relativities of life and death. Omar Khayyam, so grossly misunderstood sang of this liberated man in the immortal scripture, the Rubaiyat. Ah, moon of my delight, who knows no vain? The moon of heaven is rising once again. How oft hereafter rising shall she look, though this same garden after me in vain? The moon of delight who knows no vain is God, eternal Polaris, anchors never. The moon of heaven rising once again is the outward cosmos fettered to the law of periodic recurrence. Through self-realization, the Persian seer had forever freed himself from compulsory returns to earth. The garden of nature or Maya, how oft hereafter? Rising shall she look after me in vain. 
what frustration of search by a wandering universe for an absolute omission. Christ expressed his freedom in another way. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee with whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Spacious with omnipresence, could Christ indeed be followed except in the overarching spirit? Krishna, Rama, Buddha and Patanjali were among the ancient Indian avatars. A considerable poetic literature in Tamil has grown up around Agastya, a South Indian avatar. He worked many miracles during the centuries preceding the following and following the Christian era and is credited with retaining his physical form even to this day. Babaji's mission in India has been to assist prophets in carrying out their special dispensations. He thus qualifies for the scriptural classification of Mahavatar, Great Avatar. He has stated that he gave yoga initiation to Shankara. Shankara, whose historically known guru was Govinda Jati, received initiation into Kriya Yoga from Babaji in Banaras. Babaji, in recounting the story to Lahari Mahasaya and Swami Kebalananda, gave many fascinating details of his meeting with the great monast. Shankara, reorganizer of the Swami order and to Kabir, famous medieval master the chief 19th century disciple was as we know lahri mahasaya revivalist of the lost kriya art babaji is ever in communion with christ together they send out vibrations of redemption and have planned the spiritual technique of salvation for this age the work of these two fully illumined masters, one with a body and one without a body, is to inspire the nations to forsake wars, race hatreds, religious sectarism, and the boomerang evils of materialism. Babaji is well aware of, aware of the trend of modern times, especially of the influence and complexities of Western civilization, and realizes, realizes the necessity of spreading the self-liberations of yoga equally in the West and in the East. That there is no historical reference to Babaji need not surprise us. The great guru has never openly appeared in any sanctuary. The misinterpreting glare of publicity has no place in his millennial plans. Like the creator, the sole but silent power, Babaji works in a humble obscurity. Great prophets like Christ and Krishna come to earth for a specific and spectacular purpose. They depart as soon as it is accomplished. 
other avatars like babaji undertake work that is concerned more with the slow evolutionary progress of man during the centuries than with any one outstanding event of his, of history such masters always veil themselves from the gross public gaze and have the power to become invisible at will for these reasons and because they generally instruct their disciples to maintain silence about them a number of towering spiritual figures remain world unknown i give in these pages on baba ji merely a hint of his life only a few facts that he deems fitting and helpful to be publicly imparted no limiting facts about baba ji's family or birthplace dear to the analyst's heart have ever been discovered his speech is generally in hindi but he converses easily in any language he has adopted the simple name of baba ji revered father other titles of respect given him by lahri mahasaya's disciples are mahamuni baba ji maharaj supreme ascetic master mahayogi the great yogi the triambak baba or shiva baba titles of avatars of shiva does it matter that we know not the patronymic or a fully released master whenever anyone utters with reverence the name of baba ji lahri mahasaya said that devotee attracts an instant spiritual blessing the deathless guru bears no mark of age on his body he appears to be youth of not more than 25 fair skinned of medium build and height baba ji's beautiful strong body radiates a perceptible glow his eyes are dark calm and tender and his long lustrous hair is copper colored sometimes baba ji's face closely resembles that of lahri mahasaya on occasion the similarity was so striking that lahri mahasaya in his later years might have passed as the father of the youthful looking baba ji Swami Kebalananda my saintly sanskrit tutor spent some time with baba ji in the himalayas the peerless master moves with his group from place to place in the mountains kebalananda told me his small band contains two highly advanced american disciples after baba ji has been in one locality for some time he says dera danda utao let us lift our camp and staff he carries a danda bamboo staff his words are the signal for moving with his group instantaneously to another place he does not always employ employ this method of astral travel sometimes he goes on foot from peak to peak baba ji can be seen or recognized by others only when he so desires He is known to have appeared in many slightly different forms to various devotees sometimes with beard and mustache and sometimes without them His undecayable body requires no food the master therefore seldom eats 
As a social courtesy to visiting disciples, he occasionally accepts fruits or rice cooked in milk and clar clarified butter. Two amazing incidents of Babaji's life are known to me, Kebalananda went on. His disciples were sitting one night around a huge fire that was blazing for a sacred Vedic ceremony. The Guru suddenly seized a burning brand and lightly struck the bare shoulder of a chela who was close to the fire. Sir, how cruel! Lehri Mahasaya, who was present, made this remonstrance. Would you rather have seen him burn to ashes before your eyes, according to the decree of his Paskarma? With these words, Babaji placed his healing hand on the Chela's disfigured shoulder. I have freed you tonight from painful death. The karmic law has been satisfied through your slight suffering of fire. On another occasion, Babaji's sacred circle was disturbed by the arrival of a stranger. He had climbed with astonishing skill to the nearly inaccessible ledge near the Guru's camp. Sir, you must be the great Babaji. The man's face was lit with inexpressible reverence. For months, I have pursued a ceaseless search for you among these for forbidding cracks. I implore you to accept me as a disciple. When the great guru made no response, the man pointed to the rock-lined chasm below the ledge. If you refuse me, I will jump from this mountain. Life has no further value if I cannot win your guidance to the divine. Jump then. Babaji said unemotionally. I cannot accept you in your present state of development. The man immediately hurled himself over the cliff. Babaji instructed the shocked disciples to fetch the stranger's body. After they had returned from the mangled form, with the mangled form, the master placed his, body, his hand on the dead man. Lo, he opened his eyes and prostrated himself humbly before the omnipotent Guru. You are now ready for discipleship. Babaji beamed lovingly on his resurrected Chela. You have courageously passed a difficult test. Death shall not touch you again. Now you are one of our immortal flock. Then he spoke his usual words of departure. Deradanda Uttau. The whole group vanished from the mountain. An avatar lives in the omnipresent spirit. For him, there is no distance inverse to the square. Only one reason, therefore, motivates Babaji in maintaining his physical form from sanctuary to sanctuary. The desire to furnish humanity with a concrete example of its own possibilities where man never vouchsafed a glimpse of divinity in the flesh, he would remain oppressed by the heavy maic delusion that he cannot transcend in his mortality. Jesus knew from the beginning the, se the sequence of his life. He passed through 
each event not for himself not from any karmic compulsion but solely for the upliftment of reflective human beings the four evangelists matthew mark luke and john recorded the ineffable drama for the benefit of later generations for baba ji also there is no relativity of past present future from the beginning he has known all phases of his life accommodating himself to the limited understanding of men he has played many acts of his divine life in the presence of one or more witnesses thus it came about that a disciple of lehri mahasaya was present when baba ji deemed the time to be ripe for him to proclaim the possibility of bodily immortality he uttered this promise before ram gopal musamdar that it might finally become known for the inspiration of other seeking hearts the great ones speak their words and participate in the seemingly natural course of events solely for the good of man even as christ said father i knew that thou hearest me always but because of the people which stand by i said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me during my visit at ranbanjpur with ramgopal the sleepless night he related the wondrous story of his meeting with babaji i sometimes left my isolated cave to sit at the feet of lahri mahasaya in banaras ramgopal told me one midnight as i was silently meditating in a group of his disciples the master made a surprising request ramgopal he said go at once to the deshavam batingat i soon reached the secluded spot the night was bright with moonlight and glittering stars after i had sat in patient silence for a while my attention was drawn to a huge stone slab near my feet it rose gradually revealing an underground cave as the stone became stationary held up by some unknown means the, dra- the draped form of a young and surpassing lovely woman emerged from the cave and levitated high in the air surrounded by a soft halo she slowly descended in front of me and stood motionless steeped in ecstasy she finally stirred and spoke gently i am mataji the sister of papaji i have asked him and lehri also lehri mahasaya to come to my cave tonight to discuss a matter of great importance A nebulous light was rapidly floating over the Ganges. The strange luminescence was reflected in the opaque waters. It approached nearer and nearer until with a blinding flash. It appeared by the side of Mataji and condensed itself instantly into the human form of Lahri Mahasaya. He bowed humbly at the feet of the woman saint. Before I had recovered from my bewilderment i was further wonderstruck to behold a circling mass of mystical light traveling in the sky 
Descending swiftly, the flaming whirlpool neared our group and materialized itself into the body of a beautiful youth. I understood at once that he was Babaji. He looked like Lehri Mahasaya. Though Babaji appeared much younger than his disciple and had long, bright hair. Lehri Mahasaya, Mataji, and I knelt at the great Guru's feet. An ethereal sensation of beatific glory thrilled every fiber of my being as I touched his divine flesh. Blessed sister, Babaji said. I am intending to shed my form and plunge into the infinite current. I have already glimpsed your plan, beloved master. I wanted to discuss it with you tonight. Why should you leave your body? The glorious woman looked at him beseechingly. What is the difference if I wear a visible or an invisible wave on the ocean of my spirit? Mataji replied with a quaint flash of wit. Deathless Guru, if it makes no difference, then please do not ever relinquish your form. Be it so, Babaji said solemnly. I shall never leave my physical body. It will always remain visible to at least a small number of people on this earth. The Lord has spoken his own wish through your lips. As they listened in awe to the conversation between these exalted beings, the great Guru turned to me with a bending gesture. Fear not, Ram Gopal, he said. You are blessed to be witness, to be a witness at the scene of this immortal promise. As the sweet melody of Papaji's voice faded away, his form and that of Lahiri Mahasaya slowly levitated and moved backward over the Ganges. An aureole of dazzling light surrounded their bodies as they vanished into the night sky. Mataji's form floated to the cave and descended. The stone slab came down and closed over the cave as if moved by invisible hands. Infinitely inspired, I wended my way back to Lahiri Mahasaya's place. As I bowed before him in the early dawn, my guru smiled at me understandingly. I'm happy for you, Ram Gopal, he said. Your desire to meet Babaji and Mataji, which you have often expressed to me, has found at last a wondrous fulfillment. My fellow disciples informed me that Lahri Mahasaya had not moved from his dais since my departure at midnight. He gave a wonderful discourse on immortality after you had left for the Dasava made cut. One of the chelas told me. For the last time, I fully realized the truth in the scriptural verses which state that the man of self-realization can appear at different places in two or more bodies at the same time. Lahiri Mahasaya later explained to me many metaphysical points concerning the hidden divine plan for this earth. Ram Gopal concluded, Babaji has been chosen by God to remain in his body for the duration of this particular world cycle. 
ages will come and go still the deathless deathless master beholding the drama of the centuries shall be present on the stage terrestrial so here ends our chapter 33 thanks for listening